0: Retention is key to unlocking growth. That applies if you're a software, e-commerce, or community company. If you can't keep customers long-term, you'll struggle to build a sustainable business. It's why Becky Pearson-Davidson has focused on helping community-driven products keep customers happy and sticking around longer. At Boss Babe, Reduce the refund request for their course products by up to six percent by improving the community onboarding experience in this marketing props episode you learn first how to avoid overwhelming new community members with too much information second how to craft a welcoming and inspiring community onboarding experience third how to identify and fix retention issues in your customer journey and number four how she was able to level up her career by joining a before we get started, I created a free PowerUps cheat sheet that you can download for free to apply Becky's Community Onboarding Blueprint. You can find that at marketingpops.com right now or in the show notes and description below. Are you ready? Let's go. Marketing PowerUps. Ready? Go! Here's your host, Rathalie John. Thank you for jumping on. I know we're going to be talking about community and how to drive a community that leads to retention uh, one of the things that I want to start off with is with a story now in your newsletter which I'm going to plug into the description and show notes make sure that people subscribe because I'm a subscriber great great newsletter one of the things that you talked about uh, is around this experiment with with Boss Babe where it seemed like at first it was a success but like looking longer term it actually increased churn overall can you first of all share Boss Babe, for people who are not familiar with their community, empowering women. um, What was that story and like how did that happen?
1: Yeah, so uh, Boss Babe has a membership product where they support thousands of uh, female founders and entrepreneurs in building their businesses from ground zero. Like I don't even have an idea all the way through beta launch. You know, we have people that come to our sitting calls and that are having like 10, 20, 30K months doing really one business. Um, so th- this is like an established community and and I came in as head of products year previous to this time. And when in Q1 this year, I was focused on how do we increase our uh, growth on the product side? So how can we get our community members to help us grow the community by Word of mouth like sharing the product, inviting their friends to come in and join and join the membership, and so I came with an idea uh, with my team. It, it was definitely a team effort, but it worked and didn't work. So what we did was we had uh, a monthly workshop that we were gonna host, and we thought, okay, let's allow our members to invite their friends to come to this workshop and this is like one of the main benefits a membership is you either get a master class or a workshop every month. And so this is a big deal to open it up to, the, to people that to come for free because it's like the main benefit of being a member. And so we're like, hey, you can invite friends because we were going to do a vision boarding workshop, which is a little bit more accessible to people that aren't necessarily like deep in their business journey yet or even ready to start a business. But for the wider Boss Babe audience, which for context, they have like three and a half million followers on Instagram, like more people are going to resonate, yeah, with this product. And so they, uh, so anyway, we allowed our members to make their friends, but that didn't really work. Like we got maybe 50 signups that way and people showed up, but it didn't really convert into sale in the end. So they came, they had a great time, got really awesome feedback from that session, which I know from. Serving the people that were in attendance. Um, and then just general attendance numbers were crazy high and lots of good, like, comment and feedback in the community forum afterwards. Um, but what did work really well is that we promoted this event publicly, too, for sale. So we were like, hey, if you join our membership this month, you get to in this workshop. But it's a, it's a recurring membership. So they're coming back every month. But the problem is that and And that worked really well. We had over two hundred new members that month, which was a really high new member month for us. and it was all based on evergreen, really, because we put out a league magnet and then sold that through uh you know some sales sequence in their inbox. And so it came for that event they they joined, but then most of them churned the next month or the month after. And the problem is that we promoted this like tangent event right like it was about manifestation vision boarding setting your intention for the year it wasn't about building a business even though those things can help you with building your business that's why we were doing it but it wasn't like cool foundational to what the the membership offered so when the next months came and we didn't have manifestation content it was actually more like okay let's put that put that vision into practice and create a roadmap plan and um that just didn't it did set well. Right? People were interested in the events in the same way they were with the previous one, though. And the reason I think that the referral strategy at work, which was my initial intention, was because our members knew that a membership wasn't for their friends. They are like, oh, that's not something. Like, yeah, they might like that. Or you should come to this. Don't join, right?
0: <laughs> I guess going back to, to what you mentioned, it's all about like deeply understanding your core concept. I know before we were recording you're talking about like delight like you delighted the members, but like they realized like it only that was like a one time like that manifest manifestation workshop and that kind of set the tone for like what their the expectation is going forward. Is that is that a fair like read there where like their expectation was not met because they expected that manifestation workshop to continue going forward?
1: I think so. I think when you bring people into a membership new customer acquisition. Based on an event that's happening or a certain piece of content, you have to keep presenting some kind of continuity there. So how does, like, what is the next stage from doing vision boarding, but with manifestation baked in? (laughs) And so I think we missed the mark in our following content following months, because we went from that to like a deep systems implementation. Like we did a Notion masterclass after that which was awesome, and our members loved it that were, you know, all-time members. But the people that had joined in January, they were like, whoa, that's, like, intense for me.
0: <laughs> I like that. That is notion, yeah, you're right. I think um, it might be, like, a, a few steps ahead where a system, getting systems set up more so the people who the people who join uh, because of that, uh, you know, manifestation, manifestation workshop might be earlier in their journey towards uh, whatever they're working on rather than uh most of the regular members, which I guess kind of leads to what we wanted to talk about what you wanted to talk about which is around onboarding customers I know that uh I wrote a book more specifically around user onboarding for users, but I'm not sure would you say <laughs> let's talk about onboarding for community because like because of your work you were able to reduce uh the you know the refund requests at BossPay but by six percent and I think that's 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 way below the industry standard. So can you talk about uh, what, first of all, Boss Babes onboarding before you came in and started?
1: Okay, so this one is specific to a course. So we had um, a course product. Now it'd have a community. So um, it came with an online forum and community aspect and coaching. But the course itself is what they were purchasing. It was like the flagship offer. And it was super high ticket, super high ticket. So the refund rate was significant. We were talking about like, by reducing it that much, you're, you're saving six figures. Like it's it's exponential. And mm. so <laughs> what happened is that when somebody joins, this is a hundred module course. Mm, it's wow. massive. We're helping people build businesses on social media. Um, We had one member recently like went to a hundred K followers wow. real quickly. And so- yeah. It, it's designed to be a 12-week program, but really, it's a community of practice. It's something you have to do over time. Like 12 weeks to go through all the content is realistic, but it takes time to practice and build that out. So anyway, that sounds overwhelming probably, right? So as <laughs> So if you purchase this course and you join and then you're like, holy moly, this is a lot. This is a lot. And of course, we're sending emails like, it does. <laughs> you've got this. We're so glad you're here. Here's your first step. Here's your next step. Um, you know, watch the first module. And we have lots of <laughs> introduction modules. But yeah, and we're like, go introduce yourself in the community. But actually, from your book, I was reading about coming up with um aha moment. Like what, like, how quickly can we get to an aha moment? And when we talk to customers and look at the drop off, I start to understand, okay, people are overwhelmed and they think, I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. This is awesome, but this is not for me because I can't do that, right? Because it's like a mindset book. And we have lots of mindset content early in the product for this reason. And I think our revenue rate would be higher if we didn't. But what we're was the personal connection. And so what we did was before you get the first email that's like, hey, come to your first coaching call. An email before that that's like, hey, come to your orientation. And so we basically added a weekly orientation call that ev- every new purchaser, because this course ran evergreen. So every new purchaser that week would show up at the live orientation call, which wasn't even with any of the course professors. That's what we called them. It was with our community manager. And so she, all she did was walk them through here's what this is, here's where that is, here's where this is. What questions do you have? Here's how you update your notifications. Here's what you should do first, Um, which all kind of seems self-explanatory, but just having her go through it and answer their questions, they feel heard. And the second half of the call is the valuable part where they all share why they joined and get to know each other. And so you're almost like making a mini cohort of people. And as soon as we started doing those calls, we saw a reduction in refunds by 6%. I will say that's the only factor. So let me add one more thing. Um, we did that, and we also, I removed the drip, and that might have had a, a huge impact, too. I don't know how to attribute which which had more impact, but um, I really lean into the orientation calls because that's my hypothesis, but we also removed the drip. So we had basically the way that course was set up was it was broken up into years, mm-hmm. like freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year. So we would drop all the freshman year content, but we gave the sophomore year content until after um, a month and I sort of moved to that. So that also probably had a huge impact and I don't know how to see what difference was. but
0: Before I continue, I want to take the sponsor for this episode, 42 Agency. Now, when you're in scale-up growth mode and you have to hit your KPIs, the pressure is on to deliver demos and sign-ups and it's a lot to handle. There's demand gen, email sequences, rev ops, and more. And that's where 42 Agency, founded by my good friend, Camille Rexton, can help you they're a strategic partner that's helped B2B SaaS companies like profit 2 Teamwork, Sprout Social, and HubDoc to build a predictable revenue engine. If you're looking for performance experts and creatives to solve your marketing growth problems today and help you build the foundations for the future, look no further. Visit 42agency.com to talk to a strategist right now to learn how you can build a high-efficiency revenue engine Thank you also to the sponsor for this episode, Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm is my go to video podcast recording tool. This whole show is recorded on it. What I love about it is that it's almost like being in a virtual studio, which makes it possible to record and edit at the highest quality possible. Riverside.fm also records locally for myself and my guests. So if anyone has unstable internet connection, I can still get studio quality audio and video recording. And now with their AI engine, I can accurately transcribe my recording as well as get vertical videos for Instagram Reels, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts automatically using the new feature called Magic loops Don't take my word for it. You can go to Riverside.fm right now to try it out for free or find the link in the show note and description. Anyway, let's get back to our episode. I think there's three few things that like I really uh, found inf- impactful that I think you, you mentioned the word like they feel heard. I think just being heard is far enough like to them to, to build that emotional connection rather than like often the purchase experience is very impersonal a little bit. I'm sure there's video content, but like to be in a call with even the community manager could be very impactful. And I think being heard is often, especially early on where they're like, where do I start? And answering a bunch of questions uh, is very, would you say that's, that was like very, very impactful that you that they were heard? If they have any questions, they got answered right away.
1: Uh, I think they felt heard in like they could ask questions, but mo- most importantly, they felt heard by their fellow classmates and understood that they we're not alone in this journey. And all of them—I mean, I went to plenty of these calls or listened back to the recordings—and all of them expressed being like nervous, um, excited, but also like really scared that this was a big investment and a big decision and they're not only investing their money they're investing their time and this specific course content is like we make you put your face on Instagram every day <laughs> that is in- that is hard like I am currently trying to do that and that is hard like you're in the same stage as the other people that are starting at the same time as you and just really making them feel like you're not alone and there are people that are the same they're on the same with them
0: it's about reducing that doubt where like I am putting myself out there and because there's people around me who are also doing it, you're almost, it's almost like a, a like a, a Peloton workout. Like, I'm not sure. I'm trying to connect it to like a, a CrossFit gym where like, it is hard to do one of those CrossFit workouts. But like, if you do it together, it feels like, hey, it's, it, it doesn't seem as hard if if I'm doing it with a few other folks together.
1: Yeah, it's funny you bring up Peloton because I think I talk about that on, like, every interview. And <laughs> at, it, in my last few cohorts of teaching UX design, like, all my students make fun of me for how many references I do Peloton. Um, but they do community really well. Like, the leaderboard, the way you can connect with your friends, uh, and the way you can encourage yeah. your friends and keep them accountable. It's accountability is what it is. And when you start on yeah. some new transformational journey, which is often a community product mm-hmm. is serving, that's – that's scary, and you need a cohort of people to do that with, and that's why, you know, universities are mm-hmm. the way to go. You're there for the actions and relationship building, and it's a lot more that's going. To pass.
0: I like I like that example with, with Peloton. You're right. I think uh, being together. Do you, do you try to get those those cohort? I mean, that group of people who are in the orientation like together, or, or does it become almost like organic? Where, oh, you're in the same orientation as me. Um, let's stay in touch. Yeah. Um, I guess, through a group chat that they have on the side? Or was there, do you just let them like do their thing uh, as a quote unquote cohort uh, that joined that orientation together?
1: Uh, We did let them do their thing. We let them like share their handles because they wanted to connect on Instagram because that's where they're building for the most part. But I do think we missed an opportunity there because we were using Circle for the community portion. And um, at the time, they had group you know we they, they had the group DM feature and I think if they had joined that orientation call it would have been great to automate a group DM with that same group um, but that's not something we were able to sure. prioritize in the room but I think it would have been smart
0: No it's still I think that I think that's super important like you you, you share each other's the um, handles so that you know sometimes it, it it's it feels encouraging when you're posting something up there and people are actually commenting on your posts. Right, <laughs> that like you're you're out in the wild and having that group of people who are, who who were like, that person wasn't my orientation. I'm gonna like whatever they post up and leave a comment because I know that that will help them. You talked about accountability; that it will help them push a little bit further throughout this this uh, course.
1: Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever hear of ship thirty for thirty?
0: I did. Yes. I was not part. I did not join, but I've seen a lot of people with the ship symbol on their handle. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The ship handle. I, I think they did a really good job with like the social icon of that, like uh, creating community but no public space in the sense that pe- if you saw the ship icon and somebody else's or emoji on somebody else's handle and you saw them tweet and you're more likely to engage in that tweet, like I see you and like I'm yeah. also on this journey of tweeting into yeah. the void <laughs> and, and uh, thank you for liking my post because I feel mean today, right?
0: Yeah, they feel seen. They feel heard. I feel like there's like, there's that feeling. They're feeling connected with this community, and as because of that. You know, they're them getting a refund. Them leaving that that space. They're not just leaving the course. They're actually leaving their friends. They're leaving people who were engaging with them. Um, and th- it's a little bit of social pressure, but it works. I, I think it works because um, it's harder to leave friends than it is to leave a product or a course.
1: In my work, one of, the, um, one of the tools I use is that, that I like to create a customer journey map. And when I say journey map, I really mm. mean like, yeah, you can, you can write down every single step that they go through. But I mean track that against their emotional journey because though the opportunities mm. where you can increase retention and reduce refunds and serve them with additional products that can help your Ascension model as well, because it's like, If you know where they're going to hit an emotional dip, that's where you need to come in and support them. And so that's my first step with my clients is let's make your customer journey map and figure out where all the places where somebody loses faith in themselves that you can lift them.
0: That's super, super interesting. Maybe can you walk us, walk through like how you... is it just based on like I'm guessing based on I know you're a big uh, proponent of user interviews. I saw one of your newsletter posts about that. Is that based on those those interviews or like based on uh, the how do you map out those emotional gaps yeah. and then I guess a follow up so I don't forget uh, you mentioned ascension customer ascension because I want to get to that uh, a little bit later because that's a super important concept. Let's talk about the emotional journey map for us. Like how do you I guess how do you put that th- how can people put that together?
1: Yeah, the, the more data, the better. <laughs> um but i think the most important thing is to have both qualitative and quantitative data and so customer interviews that's going to give you qualitative data because if i ask you a question with multiple choices you can give me an answer and that information is valuable but i can't say why 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 <laughs> i can't get a deeper understanding of exactly yeah. why you answered that way and maybe what the root cause of that is. Like, you just can't get to that root cause until you that like, why, like, five times, I think, is that everybody talks about, five-wise. And so uh, interviews are super important. And everybody thinks, like, oh, I don't have time for interviews. You only need to do like, five to start seeing trends and understanding a problem deeper, um, mm. especially within the same customer segment. And so uh, interviews are a must. And then I also like to supplement that with, products data if possible like where are people dropping off like let's say we're talking about a course are they dropping off after vo2 or module do like yeah that's important to know uh because then we need to come up with some hypotheses and so mm. by looking at that data first actually that's that's great to do because then you're coming up with hypotheses it helps you form some of the questions you want to ask that you can maybe run a survey for some of the more like numbers-based questions um that gives you quantitative data or you can run your cover interviews and start to understand maybe what there is drop-off or what's blocking people. What may, what might, what might they understand? Um, that, that all that information is really like data collection. And then after that, you're taking a look at all the results and the customer do is actually an artifact of all the research that you've
0: done. That makes sense. You're really trying to fi- figure out like where the drop-offs are, 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 and based on that, trying to understand like the hypothesis of why that's happening, the emotional component to that, maybe it's, it could be like a self-doubt. It could be more of a struggle with the content itself. So like really try to figure out uh, where where the dips are at, uh, as well as the highs. I guess, moments of celebration it could be part of that emotional journey map. Yeah. You say.
1: One of the things um, I did that same course at Boss Babe was my team, we, we pulled... report of every single video over the past couple of, we had like thousands of responses, like how people go through the course. And we looked at a number of things, like what were the most popular videos in the sense that they were completed, Mm -hmm. like they watched the whole thing through, um, where, like which videos are people dropping off of? And then we looked at the trends, like who, we had four professors in this course, so who was... The, we called them professors, who was a professor? Like, was there a more most popular professor? Was there um, something about the titles? And so, like, there was a specific theme that had a lot of the videos that had high watches. And that showed us, like, oh, maybe we have an opportunity to make a micro product here. And if you want to talk about this, mission, like, let's say, like, that in that course, there's 100 modules. It's, like, the most robust high ticket thing. But some people might not be ready for all, all of that. And the people... You know, that complete every single module and get to the level of actually business building that's in that course is fewer than the people (laughs) that get through this, like um, some of this core content in the first couple of years. And so there was a specific topic that really showed as an opportunity to uh, maybe highlight more with another product earlier in the journey. And so, again, let's go back to our new map where we see people. Potentially dropping off because they're totally overwhelmed. They're like, this a lot. For me, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. Well, how do we maybe serve some of those people that really, really that's true? And we pull it back and we're like, hey, earlier in the journey, maybe there's actually a lower ticket product that would support them and help them get the next stage so that they're eventually ready to buy this. So I think whatever product somebody has, you want to look at where what's working really well, what's not working so well, what, um, what opportunities are there for us to add an additional product or just improve that one? But sometimes there's opportunity for an additional product that's either earlier in the journey like as an add-on or that comes later because if people are completing everything they're they're moving through the course or, or they're using every single feature available to them, they're going to graduate. And so when they graduate out, wouldn't you rather them stay? <laughs> with you? <laughs> if possible, then like that opportunity to create an ascension product.
0: And that makes sense too in the sense that I think like helping people ascend and like I imagine it's like like walking up steps. If the steps are too big they look at that and, and I would be like I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> where, where like if the steps are like manageable all the way to the top like it would be easier for, the, for a person to start off with uh, you know the smaller step first and at a lower price point rather than committing uh at the very top right away is that what um would you say that would you agree to that like is that something that uh that could work aligned with this
1: yeah i agree with that i think uh i think that it's important that whatever product even if it's lower or sooner in the customer journey it still has to be like wow transformation even if it's a smaller concept because that's mm. what drives that word of mouth growth and gets get them the extreme yeah. trust to buy from you again
0: that makes sense i think that that's really is about you mentioned that yeah you, you gets to get them to buy from you again is uh, super important i forgot who said it like a buyer is a buyer or like you know if somebody buys from you once they're more they're more likely to buy from you again just because like they've yeah. already Given you their credit card information, uh, than somebody who has to still build up that trust uh, along the way, essentially.
1: Yeah, and if they're not, then it's time to like look at your product and is there something you could improve about it? Uh, are refund requests mm. high? Do, is there a bad drop off? Like, do they unsubscribe from your list after they <laughs> bought something? Like, that's the stuff that mm. you're like, oh, I'm getting sales. It's cool. Like, well, it's important to <laughs> dig into like, is this product performing really well because you want it to, right. To lead to an increased lifetime customer journey, like that's the thing that is more important. And so, mm-hmm. improving that product, there's always room for improvement. And so, I think that's really what I'm what I'm trying to get.
0: <laughs> it's, I guess, like playing on on marketing pop's video game analogy yeah. is like helping people level up different stages. <laughs> you know, the first product is like level one. Okay, this is really your problem. Then the next product is level two and then level three. And you're like kind of staging it out so that um, people don't start off at hard mode right away and give up <laughs> rather than like starting off with something that is uh, more manageable maybe at the beginning rather than like something harder at the end.
1: Yeah. It's like Peloton. You can't jump into the advanced class. So you got to start in the beginner class.
0: <laughs> that is so good. I mean, that's, Peloton does a good job of like yeah. gamifying that and I guess talking about ascension, uh, we've talked about business side of ascension, but there's also a user side yeah. ascension where you're you're talking about it, Peloton, they're not gonna give you the hard mode because like you'll wake up in the morning the next morning and your whole body's sore. <laughs> you're like, i never wanna do that again. <laughs> Rather than maybe like build them up to 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 the hardest uh I guess classes.
1: Yeah, exactly you kind of choose your own adventure a little bit with them, which is interesting. Um, I think it, because I think somebody can also play it small too. And that's an interesting problem to solve. Like how do you recognize when your customer, subscribers, community are playing it small and encourage them to take it to the next level and finding that right way mm-hmm. to promote that is, in, is like an interesting thing to think about. For example, With Bob Babes community, you have, they do a monthly setting call. While while I was there, I was running that call and people would write in like what their goals were for the month and call people out. That's all like, you can step it up. Like I saw the same goal. If you're setting the same goals every month for the six months, you're not going to be leveling up. (laughs) And so like it's interesting to think about a product standpoint how do you That's cool. how do you encourage that level That's up cool. when yeah. they at the right time I need it
0: I, I like that I think this it goes back to the whole accountability yeah. like there's accountability with your cohort. there's also accountability from quote unquote coaches people who are like who are who are much more ahead And I guess like figuring out when to push them is uh, super important. I also want to talk a, a little bit about something you wrote in your newsletter around uh around creative mornings how first of all congrats you've been there for 10 years which is crazy and you volunteered like i think only a few months ago as one of the volunteers i feel like there's something there with with brand experiences and like retention can you talk a little bit about that like how can i guess like first of all let's talk about creative morning like 10 years
1: well i saw the founder tina roth-isberg she came to speak at pratt which is where i went to college Mm. and then i started being really into it following it going to their events when I was in New York, and then it's kind of cool because so they have over 200 chapters worldwide yeah. now. Um, but at the time, you know, they were just getting started, and I remember going like whenever I'd move to a new city because I moved around a lot. When like when I first graduated college, I moved to uh, San Francisco, and then to Denver, and then I you know I'm back in Maryland. And I every time I move, I would go to create morning's events because it's the same everywhere. Like it, it is. Uh, they do a really good job of creating a local chapter of a very strong community, and there's a bunch of factors I can go over of why I think that's so consistent. But but at the end of the day, like their core product, their core offer is consistent, and it's um, it's really simple. So basically, every month on a Friday in any given chapter. They have a breakfast and a talk by somebody in the local creative community, and that's all it is. It's like breakfast, connection, and a talk, and it's eight thirty to ten on a Friday, uh, once a month, no matter where you're at in any other the But there's a global theme, so there's some one little thread like connecting all of them. Um, I think the th- I think the theme for this upcoming month is is Pride, and so whatever the theme is, they Find people to speak on that theme, but something having to do with their creative career or creative work. So it's just inspiring, right? Like you come together to meet other people that are into the same things that you're into. They you have shared interests, which is the definition of a community. And then you are able to connect with people and and leave inspired and with your cup full, right? Like your coffee cup. And so that's um, it's it's just a really clear premise, the whole concept. So that's the core product. And then they have this, like you and I were talking before about like core and adjacent uh, or tangent content. And oh. so their core, that's their core offer, their core product. Then they also do really fun, like surprise mm. and delight things. Like, like you said, I just started volunteering with the Baltimore chapter and they offer, we offered um, during one, one month they did headshots, like a few of the volunteers are photographers. And so they did headshots for, Anybody that was in attendance, you got free headshots, which is super cool, especially in the That's creative cool. community. As yeah. you know, like, as we know, headshot, like, people know it everywhere. Like, yours has a yellow background, and I'm positive. um <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, had a few people setting up. It was super cool. Um, three different photographers took photos yeah. for everybody. And so, that really nice, like, surprise and delight moment. And it's not something, if you're a member, you have to go every single month. Like, yeah, I've been going for 10 years, but, like, you know, a few times a couple times a year maybe (laughs) and some years i probably didn't go but i think it just kind of is something you can always come back to and it's always the same and consistent
0: yeah i mean what i'm really hearing here is yeah you you keep coming back because you know what to expect i think but there's also obviously like uh delightful surprises so to speak rather than like imagine like going into one of those creative mornings uh those breakfasts one day and it's totally different. Like it's now like full on networking <laughs> and then, like, you know, like this different vibe. And then, in that sense, I guess that's when you're like, is this like, you know, the things have changed, expectations have changed. Uh, rather, they're like very consistent as to what they're offering and that simplicity um, kind of keeps you, keeps people coming coming back essentially. And I'm, t- I'm trying to try to somehow tie this back to re- retention. There is, definitely something there where like consistency uh, and delivering on expectation can keep people from coming back over and over again, would you say?
1: Yeah, the other really important aspect is their values. So every single session, mm. um, every location starts with them reading their manifesto, which is like, it starts with oh. the the sentence everyone is creative and like their Values they share every single event, kind of get like hammered into you, and you identify with it. You're like, "This is I belong here." So I think there's like an identity piece that's really important, and that does lead to retention because some, when you feel identity mm. with a community or product, or whatever, it's really hard to leave. I mean, if we want to talk more about Peloton, like, try and take my Peloton from me, all right? Like, <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: I no will uh, fight like, you. My husband
1: was so mad recently. It was like glitching badly. He's like, why do we even have this thing? Why do we pay for it? And I'm like, come at me. Like, someone we're not getting rid of.
0: I hope I'm I- like mates internet. You
1: should have to go for- fix the bones.
0: That's true. I mean I it goes back to like you're you're not leaving the product, you're not leaving the service. Yeah. You're actually leaving a part of your identity if you leave that behind. And I'm not sure. Do do Peloton, do do you have a name like Pelotoners? I'm not sure. I I find like that could be part of the identity where um, HubSpot has, they call themselves HubFans. (laughs) And, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm curious if that that, ties into it where like you're actually giving a name to the community members, not just members. Um, You know, like uh, at at the lab with Jay Klaus, it's, I'm not sure if it's a class of scientists, <laughs> creative scientists, but there is something there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um I think I think it is Peloton because that uh I'm going to butcher this, but the word actually means like a group of bikers. Yeah, and because in their co- in their class they they call you as like, "Okay, Peloton, let's keep going." You know what I mean? So like I think that is the word they use their brand name, which is unique. Um and uh, let's use Boss Babe, for example. That's that's the same thing. It's like we call them Boss Babe. Yeah. Like, hey, Boss Babe, you know? So boss babes, I think, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's two examples of that. But to your point, like Jay's community, he says, um like, I notice in the community, people write, hey, Lab Mace, I feel like catching. Yeah.
0: There's definitely something there. I think giving a name to a group of people, like Peloton, say Pelotons. Now you're like, you relate to that um you know hey lab mates it's harder for you to now you're going to be an ex lab mate which now feels weird because there's an ex at the beginning or like you know on the ex something which i think you're right i think there's like your identity when you tie yourself to that it becomes harder and harder for you to to leave it behind which i guess that's uh, yeah interesting yeah
1: and you can't have identity without values so i think it's really important to like sh- like talk about values from the beginning and really make people understand this is what we're about. And if you're a part of this, then this is what you're about. And you see this with companies and their employers, employees, like applications and stuff. It's like, these are the things we value. This is our ethos. Of course, there's the problem that then they don't live up sometimes, <laughs> most of the time.
0: There's the values. I know I checked out your newsletter on this uh, VSVQ. You, got, you talked about simplicity. You talked about values. I think the other side to that, that is interesting is, like, around the visual identity where, like, I don't know if anybody's tattooed Peloton on their arm. I know, like, uh, I'm not sure. It's such a strong, like, visual identity when you don't just, like, relate to, a com- like, a bunny. Like, I'm sure somebody's, like, tattooed HubSpot logo on their arm, but, like, visual identity is part of that, uh, of that identity, uh, of you relating to that particular organization or group or people.
1: You definitely see that with sports and, like... Yeah locations people from people from maryland like wear maryland flag like socks and stuff like it's like a thing here it's like and and i also feel like living in had living in colorado it was like that too like (laughs) you're like very proud to be a colorado person and there's like an identity that comes with that um but anyway i think locations and sports you see that a lot and with peloton i mean merch i think with companies like that i for sure have peloton merch like i think that's that's a, that's definitely a way to present that. With Creative Mornings, their visual identity, like they're in chapters all over the world. But when you see a Creative Mornings event, you know that it is Creative Mornings because of the colors, the typeface is really unique. Look. Like their visual identity in their graphics and their branding is so consistent and strong that you know it's you know it's a it's a chapter of this larger community organization.
0: That makes sense. I love, I love that. Uh, well, I'm gonna link all this newsletter articles that I mentioned in the show notes and description. I want to shift gears and, and talk about career power ups. I know, you know, you're uh, now community driven product strategist. You have experience leading product retention, user engagement. Previously, a boss baby. You Also, have worked at uh, agencies before. I'm curious, what's a power up that's helped you accelerate your career path?
1: A relationship building is the most important thing that you can do. Um, I definitely would not have been able to start my business in the past few months if I hadn't had like really incredible relationships with people. So what I mean by that is like, I want to break that down a little bit more. It's like showing up as your true self and connecting with people in a meaningful way and not just cause to like shoot the shit over the water cooler or, um, you know, it's, it goes beyond like having a, like a happy hour with somebody like I think it's like really getting to know right. people and appreciating them for who they are and understanding their their yeah. problems their challenges and and helping them when they need help and so I've always been somebody that cares a lot about building strong relationships with the people that I work with and meet and so and that's why community is so important to me like it makes sense I'm sure <laughs> um but I wouldn't been like every single project I've landed in the past few months have been because either somebody referred me or I already knew the person, and they were like, "Hey, I have this project. Can you help, me? right?" And so, and that's made starting my business way easier than what what I've seen, what I've seen in the market for other people. Like I've, I think I've been lucky because I do have that strong um, community of people that are supporting me. That, and I, I think it's very like, like do good in the world, help people in the world, and then when you need help, they'll help you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's, and that's why I love like joining some of the communities that I've been. Um, and like we met through Jay's community. It's a great example. And so, yeah, I think, I think if you're, if you're looking to level your career, then meet, like spend time getting to know people one on one and stay connected with them. And it's not like, can I get out of this conversation? It's like, wow, I'm really excited to learn from this person and understand them because I'm going to learn stuff. And yeah, that's something I'm getting out of it. But, maybe will help them too. And that makes me happy, right? To help other people. And so, yeah, I think just, like, I, I don't understand when people are like, oh, I'm not a people person or I don't know new friends. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I only have plenty of people to be texting every single day, but it, that, there's always room. There's always room to add, go, and you are who your circle is too. So if you want to level up, you better, like, Add more people to your circle that are doing what you want to be doing.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, you'd love the Marketing Power Ups newsletter. Share the actionable takeaways and break down the frameworks of world class marketers. Go to marketingpowerups.com, subscribe, and you'll instantly unlock the three best frameworks that top marketers use to hit their KPIs consistently and wow their colleagues. I want to say thank you to you for listening and please like and follow Marketing Power Ups on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you feel extra generous, have leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a comment on YouTube. It goes a long way in others finding out about Marketing Power Ups. Thanks to Mary Sullivan for creating the artwork and design. And thank you to Faisal Kaigo for editing the intro video. And of course, thank you for listening. That's all for now. Have a Powered Update. Marketing Power Until
1: the next episode.